Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You can listen to Cook and Joe every Wednesday to hear about Starkey's Card of the Week from Baseball Card Castle in Cranberry. Contests run every Wednesday through Friday at 12 o'clock noon at the 937thefan.com contesting page. And the fan hotline is presented by Nemecolon. Around every corner, Nemecolon creates real-life magic for guests. And we go to the Nemecolon hotline right now as we welcome in our pal Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette. Jason, currently in Nashville, Tennessee. Are you still in Nashville? Is that, that correct? You're, uh, you're in the capital of Tennessee tonight, right? I am, yes, sir. I am outside of a Jack Daniels restaurant in the biodome that is the uh, Gaylord <laughs> National Resort Convention Center, something um, that I'm thrilled to leave tomorrow. Uh, but, yes, I'm in Nashville for tonight. Fly home tomorrow night. Is that not – I've been to Nashville. I have a lot of family in Nashville, so I've been there very often. But is that not kind of the most confusing, most backward hotel ever? The place is absolutely massive. It's it's insane. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Plain and simple. Um, it, it, it's not the Gaylord National. I think that's in D.C. The Gaylord Opryland. Opryland. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it feels like a cruise ship. I've been outside uh, like three times and just intentionally like walking across the street. I, I don't like it. You can't see the outside and it's confusing. And uh, the first day, like I, I had trouble finding my room. I had trouble finding the oh, yeah. front of the hotel. Like I was walking around the map like I was in Disney World. I, I, I was able to get rid of the map, but it is still so so much it's too much frankly josh it is it, I, i've i've been there many times i stayed there a few years ago uh it is uh, incredibly incredibly large that hotel and convention space and all that you're there for the mlb winter meetings uh jason and obviously a lot of hustling and bustling going on at the the winter meetings and uh, we're certainly looking uh, to talk about the Pirates, but the Pirates—a little news tonight, right? They're going to draft ninth overall. What does what the draft look like this year? Is it a you know last year? Obviously, there were a couple of really big names at the top, and um, a, a lot of people viewed it as a draft with stars in the making in the first few picks. Uh, is there sort of an early indication that you've gotten on what this draft could look like, and is picking ninth a decent spot for the Pirates to be? Um, I'll tackle the second part of that first. And I mean, I'm, I'm afraid I'm not going to be of much use on the look of the draft so far. I'd be lying if I said I had a, a bunch of time <laughs> no to worries. dig into that. Um, but I mean, as far as the Pirates angle, this is what they're looking for, right? Like you're not looking to pick in the top five. You're not looking to be in the lottery. They're not looking to, 
you know, it was, it was honestly a remarkably boring event outside of Brad Paisley being there. Like, they get the ninth pick, and everybody just leaves, and it's whatever. And, you know, they'll <laughs> dig into it, and you can't trade the pick, obviously, in Major League Baseball. But, you know, they're going to have to address the need, and it's going to be terrifically unsexy. Um, you know, they're not going to draft for Major League need. And I, I, I will say this, too, just to follow up on last year's class. Like, that's not normal. Um, to have five guys at the top of the draft like that, and any one of them realistically could have been picked 1-1. I mean, I love what the Pirates did with Paul Skeens, but I'm not going into this year's class, and again, I'll just put it right out there. I have not had a chance to unpack very much with it. Um, I would not be expecting, like, five guys at the top where the Pirates pick at nine. I mean, they'll get a good player, but you're obviously not going to get a great player. Jason, you spoke with Ben Sherrington, and I know you wrote about it for the Post-Gazette here tonight. Um, payroll, a part of that discussion. What's the Pirates' pay go- payroll going to look like as compared to last year? Well, I mean, they've got some stuff to do, and they keep talking about it. Um, they obviously haven't done it, which has irritated people, and I understand why. Um, I, I've also been cautioning people that it's the beginning of December. It's, it's okay if it hasn't happened now. Uh, but what it looks like, I mean, the question I asked Charrington, I was trying to get some direction, and it's tough with that sort of thing. He doesn't want to say much. He can't say much. Um, and it is going to go up over last year, which is what he said. And, I mean, that doesn't give us much, but it means it's at least going to be, you know, 73, 74. I've heard more than that. Um, you know, if it's around the 80 mark, that wouldn't surprise me. I, again, I'm not presenting that number as like, oh, everything is great. It's going to be 80 million. Like, I understand people want it to be more, but, you know, at least as I understand it, like if it gets up near 80, I don't think that would be outside the realm of possibility. Um, you know, they've got a long way to go to get there, Josh. I still think they want to get McCutcheon done. That's 5 million or so. Um, you've got to get starting pitching help, and, and it hasn't been the uh, forward moves that maybe some people would want, but there's still a lot of pitchers out there. And, you know, you figure two of those guys at least are going to take up decent salaries. Mm-hmm. Um, Charrington talked today about wanting to add to the offense via first base or the outfield. Those are moves that aren't necessarily going to come cheap. So, I mean, those, those numbers will add up. It's not going to be $35 million via free agency or something like that, but a healthy 20-plus, 20, 20 to 25-plus, something like that, that's reasonable. The injury to Johan Oviedo and, and the surgery and now the rehab, um, how detrimental is that? I mean, they had really two starting pitchers at the end of last year. Now I guess you can make the case that they only have one starting pitcher that they can uh, essentially rely on. Um, how detrimental is that? Can they just go out and sign somebody to try to replicate what he did? Is it you know that easy that they're just going to have to go spend now to get that guy? Or will they maybe first look internally to try to fill that role? Well, yes, yes, and yes um, would be the way I would answer that. I mean, they it stinks. It stinks for Oviedo. Uh, I thought that kid was really somebody who blossomed. Uh, if you look at you know the top storylines they had last season, the top positive storylines, he was right there. Yeah. It was very good, got better as the season went on. Um, you know, so that part of it stinks. Like, did the Pirates do anything wrong? I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, that was something we talked to Charrington about today, too. And he was talking about all of Oviedo's metrics and how he spoke about his starts and whatever. Like, they had no indication was anything was wrong. So, okay, how do you fix it for this year? I mean, I think they're going to sign somebody. I think they're probably going to trade stuff for somebody. And I think they need the young guys to come along. I mean, you've got Rowanzi Contreras, Quinn Priester, Luis Ortiz, like it's not optional for those guys to grow up. 
Another thing Ben talked about yesterday was that a lot of their innings that they need to fill are front-loaded. And so you need guys at the beginning of the season, maybe you trade them, maybe you can do something short-term, but they do have reinforcements coming. Brubaker, Burroughs, Skeens, Jones, maybe even Salamedo or Chandler. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to me the biggest swing here is Priester, Ortiz, and Contreras. Can those guys figure it out? If they can, the Pirates are going to be okay. If they can't, that's a problem. Jason, Oviedo threw 177 and two-thirds innings this year. That is uh, a decent bit more than I think any other season. I think 146 maybe was his most in a year um, earlier in his career when you account for the minor leagues as well. Um, Did they learn any sort of lesson from this? Is this just one of those things that happens? Or, you know, I I hate to put this out there, but did they maybe overuse the guy a little bit um, towards the back end of the season where maybe they should have pulled back on him? Well, here's here's my argument. If the Pirates would have pulled back on Oviedo when he showed no other signs of having issues, people would have been furious at that. Yep. if he's reporting no signs, and Charrington talked about this, and they honestly do. All major league teams do. They track stuff. They can see how much it breaks. They can look at velocity, effectiveness, or whatever. You can get it down to a science. So they do that. If that's not changing, if he's saying he's not having any arm problems, what crime are they committing? Right. Like, I, you know, I, I'm just – it stinks that it happened, but I can't look at the Pirates and say, oh, you did something horribly stupid here. Now, if you had – a better, deeper rotation, if you had more pitchers in your rotation than just two and you knew you needed to win games, could you have tamped down Oviedo's innings? Yes. And so to me, that's what they're at fault for, not creating a deep enough team. Because you could have, you know, skipped a, a start, give him an extra day of rest, shorten the start, when, you know, have a bulk guy come in or have, have a middle reliever throw a couple more innings and give him a break. So, I mean, that wouldn't have taken it from like 160 to 120 but it could have been like 140, something like that. It could have been a little – I don't know if that would have solved anything, Josh, but they could have insulated themselves better. Yeah. Talking with Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette, he's at the MLB Winter Meetings right now in Nashville. Um, How's O'Neill Cruz? What's the latest on him? What is he doing right now, and and is he on the path to recovery fully? Yeah, so he's in the Dominican right now uh, participating in instructional league games, um, and all signs point to him – feeling, looking, performing really well. That would indicate to me spring training 2024, he's going to be 100% for that. That's something Ben Sherrington has maintained as well. They don't expect him to, you know, be late to spring or have any issues there. He should be good to go. And, I mean, the conversation piece here has been more about how much O'Neill Cruz was missed, which, you know, I, I think it sounds easy to say or is, is easy to say, but, I mean, Think about what this offense can be with a healthy O'Neal Cruz in the middle yeah. of it or at the top of it or whatever. And I think that's probably the biggest X factor for the Pirates, other than getting pitching in here, which I do believe will happen. But, I mean, if they get Cruz back healthy, productive, doing all what he can do, man, is that gigantic for them. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I would think it would also be big if they could figure out what position Henry Davis uh, can and will play, right, Jason? What's the latest on that? I, I know you wrote something the other day. Uh, and you tweeted something out about this as well. But uh, Davis is going to catch, we think. Is this right? Allegedly. Um, <laughs> uh, Henry Davis is going to catch version 7.0, I think is what that is. Um, but <laughs> my understanding of the situation, it has never been this serious before. 
Um, they are adamant that he can and will catch. Where that switch flipped, I'm a little bit confused on. Uh, the answer that I got yesterday when we tried to act like or ask, you know, I asked Shelton, like, how did we get here? Because you weren't willing to catch him in games, and all of a sudden now he's a catcher and good enough to catch. And Shelton's explanation was basically that they were going to have him catch in games, and then he got hurt. So, okay, I mean, if we, we take that fine – we still don't know how he's going to perform. Um, the reviews on him catching have not been favorable, including by the Pirates themselves. I also have some serious doubts, Josh, on how this works. I mean, yeah. we asked Harrington yesterday, does that mean like Andy Rodriguez will play more first base if Henry's catching? You're going to try to get them both in the lineup, one would presume. And he said no. So we really don't want to lump a second position on guys. I mean, if they have to, sure. But, okay, if we operate with the assumption that Davis is going to catch, Andy's going to catch, and Jason DeLay is going to catch. How in the heck do you make that work? Doesn't make sense. You get everybody enough time. You can't do it. Um, Maybe somebody goes to the minors. That's option one. Maybe they trade somebody. That's option two. For me, that would be Henry or Andy. You're suggesting that they would trade Andy or Henry? That would be an option for them? I'm not saying they're looking to do it. I'm saying that's me trying to sort out the situation and seeing what – yeah, I, I have no indications that they're dangling either one of them. I'm just saying that's a pretty big position logjam that it doesn't right. make sense in how you clear it. I got you. Um, Jason, um, along those lines, I mean, they obviously need to acquire pitching in pretty good numbers, it seems like, relative maybe to other teams. Is there a situation where, you know, they have some depth in their middle infield do they maybe look at trying to move one of those guys in the offseason or something like that? I mean, is there uh, is there a market for you know a, a guy to be traded from the minor leagues or from a position of depth for them where they could maybe get rid of you know one of their uh, better prospects for maybe yeah. some immediate return? Yeah, I mean, I think that's where you'd look for a, a move. Um, you know, again, I'm not saying they're going to dangle Henry or Andy, but if you're going to have them both catch that doesn't necessarily keep them both on the roster. But you're asking about middle infield, and I think that makes a lot of sense. The guys I would look at and circle there, Leo Verpiguero, Nick Gonzalez, um, Jiwon Bay, if you get a bite on any one of the three, I think the Pirates would be willing to deal them. Um, I mean, you're going to have to give to get, right? Like, you know, we're not going to have them trading Cam Aldred and they're going to, you know, bring Dylan Cease back. Like, that's just not the way this is going to work. Um, you know, a Connor Joe, would, would he be a toss-in in a trade? Very possibly. Um, you know, what what about like a Tamar Johnson, like someone that I don't highly, know. highly regarded? No, no I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I would have a really tough time seeing them go that route. Now, another younger prospect, maybe, who's not quite Tamar. Um, yeah, I'm, well, Thomas Harrington, like that strata of a prospect. Now, gotcha. Anybody listening might be like, who the heck is Thomas Harrington, which is fine. <laughs> but I mean, like, you're not going to trade your first round pick. That's, that's, although I know we're saying trade Henry Davis, but um, yeah, I would just be, I'd be really surprised if that's what they did. Gotcha. Jason, appreciate it as always. And uh, oh, last thing for you. If you had to bet right now, where does Otani end up? Dodgers. Even despite Dave Roberts saying what he said, I think it's too perfect of a situation for him. Yeah, I I agree with that wholeheartedly. Jason, thanks, man. Appreciate it as always, and uh, best of luck getting out of that hotel at some point. (laughs) All right, buddy. Pleasure's all mine. Have a good night. All right, it's Jason Mackey from the Post-Gazette down in Nashville as uh, 
The Pirates, uh, they're uh, definitely an interesting point. I think this is a, an intriguing season for them in uh, the case of Derek Shelton and, and maybe Ben Charrington as well. I mean, if this thing doesn't show really, really big signs of improvement this year, and I think it did show signs of improvement last year. They went 35-32 and 32 after July 19th, and they, they were playing some really good baseball despite the fact that they only had two starting pitchers. But you lose one of those guys for the entire season already in Oviedo, and now you got a lot of questions to, that need answered and a lot of positions, particularly from a, a pitching depth standpoint, that, that need to be filled. And, uh, yeah, I, I got questions on it. There is one thing I will say about the Pirates. One thing I will say about the Pirates as it pertains to the Steelers and the Penguins, and I'll tell you what that is when we come back next. Our Twitter is brought to you by, by South Hills Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram in Peters Township. You can visit them online at South Hills Jeep. Dot com. I'm Josh Roundtree. This is Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan Fan Text Lines brought to you by Edgar Snyder & Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say there's never a fee unless we get money for you. The uh, <clears throat> talk with Jason Mackey was good. I uh, appreciate Jason, as always, hopping on with us. Um, I was thinking about this yesterday. Pirates, and this was after I watched the Penguins lose to the Flyers again last night. Pirates, Penguins, Steelers. And I'll ask you this question first, Joel, and, and be honest. You probably know where I'm going with this because you probably saw my tweet about it, but of the three pro sports teams, which one are you most optimistic about 
at this very moment? That's a really good question. I th- I think probably the Penguins by just an edge over the Steelers because of the Eric Carlson acquisition, I would say. Because the, the Steelers, we kind of know what they are. Yeah. The Pirates, we don't know yet. The Penguins that's, that's have fair. Had a, maybe a little bit of a disappointing season. It's been a roller coaster, but I've got a little optimism. The Penguins can get things together. They got to figure. Know, later, they got to figure the power yeah, play later out. in the season and get some momentum in time to not just make the playoffs but get past the first round. I would I, say the Penguins by an edge. The power play is just so ridiculously bad that if that doesn't get figured out, they can forget about it. But I, I understand what you're saying. If they figure out the power play with what they've gotten from Sidney Crosby, the gear that Jake Gensel's having, yeah, I think that there's maybe some cause for slight optimism there. I got to be honest with you. I think I'm most optimistic about the Pirates right now. And maybe it's the element of the unknown that's playing a role in this as opposed to what we're actually currently watching with the Steelers and the Penguins. But they went 35-32 and 32 down the stretch. They were an above 500 team. They had their challenges. They did all that without arguably their best player in O'Neill Cruz or at least the guy that we think could very well be their best player. We saw Key Brian Hayes come on. Brian Reynolds started to come on late. Uh, you know, you add Cruz back into that mix and – if Henry Davis and Endy and Pagaro and all these guys that they have can figure everything sort of out, they could maybe end up being really, really good. I mean, not really, really good, but they could at least be a playoff team, I think, next year. I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility, but the big thing is they have to figure out the pitching. They have to get starting pitching in. They got to get a few guys now in. Uh, not, I thought they needed probably two starting pitchers before the Oviedo thing as far as free agents go. Now they probably need to get three in without Oviedo, and I don't think that they're going to do that. I don't think that they're going to spend that much. I think they might get two and then try to rely and hope and pray that the Priesters and Contreras's of the of the world, that those guys work out, or a Brubaker coming back off the Tommy John and, and so on and so forth, that might work. Tom and Monongahela is uh, on the fan hotline. What's up, Tom? Hi, Josh. Great show, buddy. Thanks, man. Um, the reason I'm calling about Henry Davis, I think he's going to really be the DH in waiting after a McCutcheon one more year. You know, just um, keep him keep him around, do a little bit of catching, do a little bit of right field, and I think he is. I think that's what his niche is going to be, the DH. Yeah, because, um, uh, yeah, yeah, Tom, I I agree with you in a sense. Um, and thanks for the call, man. My only thing about that is, you know, Henry Davis has this ridiculously good arm, right? And if he DHs, you, you take kind of that tool out of the equation completely. Um, and maybe he can spot play for you here and there. And, you know, maybe he can catch a little bit and DH. And that's fine if that's what's going to be the case. But if he's not able to catch at all, I, you know, we saw what happened in right field. It wasn't good. And he was just not good in right field. And, and he cannot play in right field. I think long-term and unless something really, really improves and I'm willing to give it an off season and a spring training and all that to see if it does, but they clearly want him to be a catcher. We heard from Jason Mackey that they wanted to be a catcher and they seem pretty hell bent right now on, on making him 
that catcher. And uh, I don't know what that means for Andy Rodriguez. I, I like Andy, but, you know, again, how do you have two catchers that you want to play every single day? Maybe you DH one of those guys, but if you are bringing Andrew McCutcheon back, then you're not going to, you, you, you have to DH him because he can't play in the field. Jason Mackey, by the way, we, we just talked to him. He asked Ben Charrington about payroll, and Charrington said, quote, I'd anticipate us ending up above where we landed last year. I would sure hope so. Jeez. Generally speaking, we expect that as we get better, the payroll will continue to climb with us. To some extent, it's motivation for us if we can actually push that as we get better. I hate that quote. I That is not how it needs to go. That's not how baseball works. And for small markets, it kind of is that way. But you don't say, hey, you guys get better. We'll give you money. It's no, we're going to give money as you and you guys get better from the money that we're giving you. That is a backwards approach right there. It's an approach that, look, I understand he's he's probably not trying to spend money that is not technically his to spend. You know, his money that he spends comes from ownership, and he probably can't say, hey, I'm going to spend X amount of their dollars. But to say, you know, if we get better, we will start spending more. Well, you did get better in the back half of last year. This is a team that is on the rise. So spend more. And, you know, it's he says, I'd anticipate us ending up above where we landed last year. I mean, they spent, what, $73 million last year, I think, was their payroll at the end of the day. Yeah, you have to spend more. They need to be up at least to $100 million. At least to $100 million. And I know there's a lot of people that are saying they need to be way above that. They need to spend $200 million. That's not what they're going to do. So it's, there's no point in hashing out stupid topics. But for them to spend another $30 million, especially if that means two pitchers at least with some value, then I'm for it. But I am most optimistic, I think, about right now about the Pirates compared to the Steelers and the Penguins. And maybe there's some recency bias in it, but that, that's kind of where I sit right now. I, I'm, I'm most optimistic, I think, as far as winning a playoff game, winning a playoff series or playoff game. I actually think the Pirates might be the closest to doing that right now. The Penguins could do it, but I don't know that they're going to get in. Joe in East Pittsburgh is up. What's up, Joe? Uh, not much. Uh, what's up, Colin, Dun uh, Col uh, Colin Dunlap? This is not Colin Dunlap. Uh, I mean, I mean, this is uh, Josh Roundtree. Uh, and you're uh, and you're Joe, uh, and Joel is producing. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. That's all right. What do you got? Uh, yeah. I was just curious, uh, why why would they go with Rubinsky over Rudolph and uh, I can't remember the other. Why? Would, okay, yeah, I got you. Why, I, why would they go with Mitch Trubisky over Mason Rudolph? Um, all right, thanks, Joe. Um, look, I we went through this. I mean, Mitch has been the backup all year. He's gotten the reps. He's gotten the snaps. They're not going to suddenly here on December seventh decide, you know what, the guy that hasn't got the snaps, and today's December 5th, but the game's on December 7th. They're not going to decide the guy that's got the number two snaps and that we have put in as the number one quarterback with the injury. We're not suddenly going to flip this and switch this because of why? Because three years ago, Mason Rudolph had a good game against the Browns. I mean, people are uh, people have this this pipe dream, I think, that the next guy is always better, right? It's the Charlie Batch effect. Well, Ben's good, but we love Charlie Batch. 
Wouldn't we love to see Charlie Batch do well? Well, no, Charlie Batch, nice guy. I, uh, you don't want to see Charlie Batch start a bunch of football games for you when you have Ben Roethlisberger. You don't want to see Mason Rudolph start a bunch of games for you. Uh, that's just not – you don't want that. We saw that. He got benched for a guy named freaking Duck. We don't want Mason Rudolph. Like, uh, that's I, – I, people are just living in this fantasy land, I think, where they feel like Mason Rudolph – is capable of reigniting his career somehow. And yeah, his numbers comparatively have, have been all right to the other guys. But my goodness, guys, we like we gotta we we gotta calm it down here a little bit. Mason Rudolph, when he got an extended look as a starting quarterback, got benched for Duck Hodges. Duck Hodges, who is now more famous for being engaged or dating uh what's her face, Laney? Laney Wilson, is that her name? She's She's got a heart like a truck or something like that. <laughs> the guy's not playing football anymore. And a, not all that long ago, four years ago, he became a starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers because Mason Rudolph was so bad. And I know Rudolph got injured and all that, and there was the concussion. He got his lights knocked out against the Ravens, and all that happened. But he he was so bad that he got knocked out. He got a start against the Lions, who were, were horrible, and they tied. We got to start stop living in the, the Mason Rudolph past. We really do. He is he is the ghost of Christmas past, Mason is. I, I couldn't believe that they brought the guy back in the first place. I don't know what value that served other than maybe they just felt bad for the guy and he couldn't get a job somewhere else, so they were like, well, you can you can get your old job back here if you want. Will that help you out some? But, man, I mean, maybe he will get to play. I mean, you never know. They're one play away now from Mason Rudolph being in there. That happened, right? I mean, it happened that year, that 2019 season. Ben got hurt. Mason got hurt. Devlin Hodges was their quarterback. Matt in Murraysville up next. What's up, Matt? Hey, hey brother. Um so you said he was so bad he got knocked out. Kenny just got knocked out of the last game. but And he was so bad he lost to the Lions, who were quarterbacked by Matthew Stafford. Kenny just lost to Dorian Jennifer Green or whatever. So I don't think Mason got a fair shot. You know who his receivers were in the four starts he had that year? His best receiver was nowhere near Harold Carmichael. All right. I have no idea what that reference was. Do you? All right. Well, boy, when when you try to make the joke land and it just doesn't land, and then you just laugh like a maniac as you hang up on us. I have no idea what that was about. Anyways, uh, well, thanks for the call. Not really, uh, but thanks for the call. Uh, again, we're we're living in a fantasy land when it comes to Mason Rudolph. I get it. Like, baby people think that the guy got a raw deal four years ago, but come on. Remember when he was in there? Remember when he was a statue and he was just stuck in the pocket and couldn't move around and couldn't couldn't create anything? You really want that behind this offensive line, which is still kind of giving up some sacks. You didn't notice. I, I don't want to see it. Mitch Trubisky does give them the better chance to win. It's not 
much better. It's not much less than Kenny Pickett gave them, to be totally honest, either. All three of their quarterbacks right now, I have pretty much the equal amount of confidence in. And to be honest, it's it's not very high. I still think Pickett has the most upside out of all of them. I still think Pickett's career can end up being the best out of all three of them. A lot's got to happen between now and that point, though, for Kenny Pickett. It really does. Because I'm getting to be at somewhat of a all-time low when it comes to my Kenny support, even though the Twitter faithful out there seem to think that I'm just some diehard Pickett fan that has my number eight jersey on when I'm sitting on my recliner at home and staring longingly into Pickett's locks and some sort of framed photo that I have of him. That's that's not the case. I, I like Kenny. I think Kenny's going to be a good quarterback. I do. I, I still think it's there, but they need to get a good offensive coordinator for that to happen first. If they don't, forget about it. If they roll with Eddie Faulkner or Mike Sullivan or a combo of the two, forget about it. I, he's not going to work out for them. Then a year from now, they'll go draft another quarterback, and those guys will still be leading the offense because, well, that's just, you know, that's what we do. We we give guys multiple years to be OC, and we'll just run through this cycle here in Pittsburgh of really bad quarterback play that's gone on now for a couple of years. But I think with the right system and the right structure and the right developer – there are things, there are doors that couldn't that can be opened here for Pickett. Um, I want to talk about the college football playoff, and I, I kind of have an interesting take on what happened to Florida State. I think it's probably different than any other. I I don't think I've heard anybody talk about this so far, and I, I'm going to give you a take that. You might like, you might accept it, but you're probably going to hate it when it comes to the Florida State scenario because a lot of people are, are are angry about it. I'll talk about that when I come back. Uh, it's the fan evening show. The uh, fan hotline presented by Nemecol, and you heard Jason Mackey on that earlier. Around every corner, Nemecol and creates real-life magic for guests. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. 
Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what the deal was with that collar that threw the Harold Car- Carmichael thing in. Is that some sort of bit? Someone tweeted me and said, you got Harold Carmichael tonight. I I don't get the reference. I don't get the joke. Is this something that's, that is over my head? I don't know. Frank uh, Frank apparently thinks that, that it might be. It must be some form of, of trolling, you would think, right? It, it seems like it. If anybody knows, I mean, don't do it to me again. Or I'll make sure you never call this radio station again. And you're no, I'm just kidding. I don't really care that much. Um, but let me know: is, is Harold Carmichaeling somebody a thing on the radio? I guess I could just use Google and look it up. But if you know about it, call in. Let me know. Jeff in Ohio wants to talk. What's up, Jeff? Uh, good evening. First of all, you uh, deserve some hazardous duty pay with some of the callers you dealt with here recently. So. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, you're not uh, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're, they're, you, I, believe me, you're doing a good job holding up. You got a better attitude than I would have. <laughs> Thanks, um, buddy. With the Pirates, the thing that um, I actually kind of thought about, and I was going to say, I would say the Penguins because of Eric Carlson. Yeah. And I think if they ever could get the power play going, the Penguins legitimately are still solid. Like they have a chance to be good if the power play doesn't blow. Um, with the Pirates, where you're going my problem with the pirates is i just don't think the owner is going to spend the money you you are absolutely right and you have a chance to compete i just can't see not even doing it i just don't think he will yeah all right thanks jeff your phone's cutting out on us but um look yeah i mean i understand the concern there i understand the point we've talked about it plenty i i don't hide from that they need to spend more money i mean there's no way around it. They have to spend more money. Um, and if they don't, then I think you can expect them to maybe get marginally better, maybe, than what they were last year. Though with the injury to Oviedo, I, I think it's possible that they stay right around where they were last year if they don't go out and sign somebody. Um, what what Jeff was talking about was, you know, I made the comment earlier between the three pro sports teams, which one are you most encouraged by or optimistic about? And I'm, I, I kind of view them all sort of very in the a similar basket, I guess, where I'm not really encouraged by any of them. But the Pirates might be the team that, and maybe it's because I covered them a lot this year doing pre and post game shows or what have you, but they might be the team that I'm most encouraged by right now, heading into to this year coming up, obviously, and then what's left here of the the Penguins and the Steelers season. Long-term, next three, four years, I might actually be most encouraged by them because of the sort of core, the nucleus of young talent that they have that a lot of experts have said is really, really good. And if they can develop it and if they can build on it, then maybe they can be really, really good. I, I... Again, they need a lot of things to go right. They need a lot of developmental things to go right. They need to spend more money um, to make sure that they have their their holes, you know, properly addressed. But I, you know, I, I think that they have a very realistic chance uh, of making the postseason this year. 
If not, I think they should very well be in that mix in the final week or so of the season. They should be right there knocking on the door down to the final week of the year. You know, I don't know how good the Central is going to be. We have seen teams spend more money, but yeah, I, I, I think the Pirates, given their young talent, given the development that you would hope for and expect, they should be there. He's right about the Penguins, though. If they get the power play figured out, they're a much different team. Their power play is the third worst in hockey right now. It's almost the second worst power play uh, in the league. Losing back-to-back games to Philadelphia is a tough pill to swallow. I know they got points out of both of them. I, and one was 2-1 and uh, you know in a shootout or an OT, and the other was 4-3 in a shootout. I, you got to win those games. I mean, they have some ridiculous stat right now where they've won, like, in regulation, 21 of their last, I think, 66 games or something, 67 games. That's 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 not good at all. That's probably putting it pretty simply, but Sidney Crosby's having a really good year. Uh, Jake Gensel's having a really good year. Alex Nedeljkovic has been really good for them as the number two goalie by minutes played. And it makes me wonder if do we see him start to get more and more and more opportunities as this thing goes on. I'm not writing them off. I I, I don't think that they're a cup contending team. I think they're a playoff team, but they are not going to be uh, unless the power play gets really, really smoothed out in a hurry. They have lost more games than they've won this year when you factor in overtime and shootouts. They've won 11 games. They've lost 13 games. They're 11-10-3, their record. Losing more than you win is not acceptable for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Not with Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Crystal Tang. You brought all those guys back. You cannot lose more than you win. All right, I promised that we were going to talk about this um, – Florida State situation. I have sort of an interesting angle on it. I know I teased it before we went to our last break, but I will talk about that when we come back. I, It's different. My my opinion on it, I think, is, is a lot different than probably anything that you have heard as far as uh, the, the college football playoff goes. And I'll tell you what that is when we come back. I'm Josh Rountree. This is the Fan Evening Show here on Sports Radio 93.7. The Fan Fan Weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Happy holidays from Sun Chevy. Visit sunchevy.com for the latest deals. Tonight, a mix of snow and rain, a low of 34. Wednesday, mostly cloudy with a little more snow around a high of 40, a low of 33. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.